So you want the good news or the bad news first? Bad news first. All right, here goes. It ain't over till God says it's over. So you want the good news? It ain't over till God says it's over. I know, it's crazy mess, this God stuff. Don't even know if it's good news or bad news, whether I'm coming or whether I'm going. This God stuff. I don't know. You know, here we are in the book of Acts. Messy stuff. Crazy stuff. How are we going to find our way? I liked it better just in those nice gospel stories. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When all I really, you know, needed to do was just get in there and kneel at Jesus' feet and read the stories about who he was and how he lived and think about it for myself. And look at my own heart and think, maybe I could try that, to be loved and to love, to be generous and kind. Let me read that again and feel inspired. I'm going to work on this relationship with Jesus. I feel so good about it. It's hard. It's not always easy. But you know, I can do this. Jesus says I can. I believe in God. I got this thing. And then it gets really good and really bad. Jesus dies, right? Bad. Jesus is risen. Good. There's this amazing thing that happens in these stories. All of a sudden, I experience this new possibility that death will not have the last word, that I can have a relationship that's personal with a God that's going to show up in my life and walk alongside me and claim me for his own and say nothing can get in the way of that. I'm with you. I'm right with you. Let's take this journey of faith together. Yes, I love the Gospels, and I love this Jesus, and I love this resurrection, and I love this hope, and hallelujah, I'm saved, and I'm done. <laughs> Acts what? <laughs> it ain't over till God says it's over. Apparently, God is interested not only in my personal experience of Jesus, though I personally think that's quite good enough. It seems that God is a little more interested in how I take that on the road. <laughs> it seems that God is a little interested in how I show up out here with you all. Hmm. God wants to know how I play well with others <laughs> who might have your own walk with God who might have your own experience of Jesus, who might have your own ideas about what's okay and not okay, what's real and not real in the journey of faith. Oh, darn. I got to play with you all. It's this holy calamity, this crazy tornado of the Holy Spirit. That's what got it all started, right? We begin the book of Acts, and Peter himself, from our scripture today, 
gets up and he has an amazing thing to proclaim to the people. He gathers everybody together and he says, guess what? In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon, here's that word, all flesh. And your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. And your young ones, they are going to see visions. And your old folks, they're going to dream some dreams. And even upon those who are enslaved, men and women, I will pour out my spirit upon them. And they, too, shall prophesy. Prophesy, people. Speak some truth. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun itself will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, and before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, when everyone, that's a longer word for all, <laughs> when everyone calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. We just went from black and white to technicolor. <laughs> we just went with Dorothy from looking around saying, okay, this is my world. Going to hang out with the pig pen and the farm hands. Kind of wish things were a little different, but I got it. And all of a sudden, there comes the holy tornado lifting us up. We thought we wanted life to be different, but this... This is a little much. She lands, boom, right in the middle of the munchkin land. Fairies arriving all over the place. I know, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> and she's confronted with folks she's never seen or even imagined before. Setting out on this journey as was lifted up a couple weeks ago just holding on to what she loves most with that little dog and the faith in those ruby red slippers. I attest to that. Good. You can wear it on your feet. It's a good thing. And so she sets out in this whole brand new world trying to find her way home. She's got what she needs, right? Yeah, but it's the getting from here to there. And so here we are with Peter also Let's remember, he's the one that proclaimed those great and glorious words. But how, how is he going to live the faith he thinks he believes? Cliff Notes version, make a point of that. How, how is he going to live the faith he thinks he believes? You see, Dorothy's out there doing her thing. She comes upon some friends along the way, unexpected, some little munchkins, and then she gathers up with the scarecrow, and off they go, trying to find their way together, and she gets hungry. We understand that. Spiritual work is hard work. Adventuring into new territory, it makes a girl hungry. And my, 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 she was. And so, that simple little hunger, she just reached on out and did the most natural thing in the world, grabbed an apple. Obviously, she hadn't heard that earlier story. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Eve. All right, so anyway, she grabs the apple, 
and it doesn't turn out at all like she thought. That hunger that she had, so simple, simple, simple thing, turns to be a very dangerous, dangerous, dangerous thing because she's now in this whole world that's never been for her before, and the tree starts fighting with her, and then the apples start flying, and she's out there trying to dodge and eat. You know how that goes. And she chases her hunger and finds herself at the foot of a tin man. There she is. What in the world is this? Why, it's a man. It's a man-made man. Here I am. Whatever is going on. Now, Peter has his own Dorothy version. Because here he is on his journey proclaiming the all and the everyone and the Holy Spirit and he's healing and preaching and teaching and people are shocked and amazed at the good things that he's bringing forth with the Spirit in the world. And he's feeling pretty good about this and it's making him hungry too. Like I said, spiritual life, miracles, all that stuff makes you hungry. So he is feeling it and he is hungering and he too finds that hunger opening into something new and a little bit dangerous. Because as he falls asleep, waiting for his meal to be prepared, he opens into this vision. And it's a dangerous vision, y'all. Okay, it sounds just weird and kind of gross when you hear it. Reptiles and birds of the air and four-footed creatures. But you see, for Peter, what this was was a vision of all the stuff he is not supposed to eat if he wants to stay holy. It's all the stuff that he is not supposed to hunger for if he wants to be a good and faithful follower of the God he has known. But he's hungry, and he dreams, and here's what's given to him, everything he's not supposed to eat. And God says, take and eat. And he says, I can't do that. Arguing with God, not usually the best method. <laughs> but thank gosh, you know, we all do it. I can't do that, God. I can't do what you're telling me to do, God, because I want to be a good, holy man. And I know how that works, so let me tell you. <laughs> how that works is there are certain things I can't eat, and there are certain things I can't do. And there are certain people I can't hang out with. And there are certain days I can't do any of those above on. There are a whole lot of little bitty parts that make up my faith, and i got to get them all in the right order. And I can't mess them up, because if I do, well, I won't be good and holy anymore. You see, Peter was excellent in the man-made man business. He had been well-formed about what it meant to shape himself in the culture of his time. Yes. The culture of his time being a man-made affair. Rules and regulations about how people do what they do so that some folks can identify as good and holy and some folks can identify as the damned conveniently in need of salvation. So here he is. It's messy business. Peter has been proclaiming this whirlwind of the Holy Spirit on everyone else, and now it is messing with him. You see, because Cornelius is not a Jew. And Cornelius is a Gentile. And Cornelius has a dream. 
a dream that involves Peter. And so he finds himself smack dab in the place where his hunger and his man-made conditioning are bringing him into a conflict with the spirit that has just rained down and changed his whole life. It's a lot like the Tin Man. You see, there he is. And Dorothy says, wait a minute. What's going on here? What do you need? I think you need some oil. She goes and she takes that oil and she anoints him. She puts a little on his mouth so he has some voice. And asks where else that he might want some anointing. And he says, my arms. And so she puts a little on his arms so he can move. She helps him out a bit, moves that arm down. She says, oh, did that hurt? He says, no, that feels good. I've been holding that ax up for a long time now. Well, we got you all nice and anointed. You're moving much better now. You're able to talk a little bit, let go of some things. All done. You're just perfect now. Saints, let's make it plain. You know, you weren't accepted by God or church or community. You know, everything would be much better if you could believe that God actually loves you and claims you and welcomes you. And if you could only just receive that anointing of approval from God and a community of faith, things would be just perfect. If there was just one way to get you out of that stuck place where the man-made rules and regulations had put you, then everything would be just fine. It ain't over till God says it's over. Right? He's able to move, put down that axe, but there's something else. Dorothy says, um, how'd you get this way? Ah, how'd you get this way? The tin man says, well, I was just out here being a woodman. That's what I am. I'm a woodman. So I was out here chopping stuff chopping stuff chopping god's creation into a bunch of little bitty pieces i've been out here chopping things taking stuff that's whole and making it into little bits of kindling that's what i do i'm a tin man i've been out here chopping wood and then the rain came the holy spirit rained down upon all people then the rain came and i was chopping away doing what i do doing it good and Darn it, that Holy Spirit rain, it just froze me right in my tracks. I've been stuck ever since. I've been doing what I'm doing, doing what I'm good at, doing what I am. And that darn rain of the Spirit just rusted me right solid in place. Indeed, indeed. Peter, here he is dancing through life full of the holy spirit healing folks telling them you can be saved you can be saved this is for everybody however yeah however when it comes down to me and my life i'm not going to be going to eat with any gentile 
and I'm surely not going to eat what might be served me by any unclean hands. You know, this is for everybody except I know how to do it. Well, right. You know, sort of like got love. Sort of like got love. Sort of like everybody's welcome here. Sort of like the back of those t-shirts. Come on in, you racists. It says it on our shirt. Come on, you unbelievers. We say it. We wear it. We talk it. Come on in, you young people, you teenagers who don't like our music, who believe in God but not a God that makes them feel stuck. Come on in, you children who are noisy and messy and distract me from my Sunday worship, where I'm learning about God loving all people. Get yourself somewhere else so I can pay attention. Come on in, you people. But make sure you bathe first. Didn't anybody tell you how to show up at church? There are rules about that, don't you know? Right? You should at least bathe, put on some proper clothing, maybe hat and gloves, depending on where you're coming from. Because there are things that you just do and don't do in church that loves everybody. There are things you just do and don't do. You know, like you don't wear shorts and preach. You know, really, disrespectful. Perhaps you don't even preach if you have the wrong genitals for preaching. Apparently there's a connection. Come on in, God loves all of us. That's our message, and we will be happy to share it with you and then show you how to behave yourself. We have a good, long history. Thank God we have stories like this, where we learn about Peter, who was healing and teaching and preaching and sharing all of this good stuff, and himself has to surrender to the reality that the anointing comes on us all, and we all need to get changed. We all need to get oiled up. We all need to drop the ax. We all need to start to experience the reality that God came not so we could look perfect all on the outside, thump, 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 and be empty on the inside, but to teach us a living faith that reveals that we can and indeed should look right in that empty place and to discover that in there, is the holiness, the space for God that we are running away from. That holiness comes from wholeness, comes from all, comes from everyone, comes from all of who we are. It comes from within. Man, how does that feel? But that's the whole tragic point, my friends. What would I do? 
if I could suddenly feel and to know once again that what I feel is real. I could cry. I could smile. I might lay back for a while. Tell me what, what, what would I do? If I could feel What would I do If I could reach inside of me And to know how it feels to say I like what I see And I'd be more than glad to share I have inside of here and the songs my heart might bring you'd be more than glad to sing and if tears should fall from my eyes just think of all the wounds they could mend and just think of all the time I could spend just Again, tell me what, what, what would I do? Oh, tell me what, what, what would I do? Oh, tell me what, 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 what would, would I, I do? You see, the issue is not that we come here and say, I got mine and I'm going to be ugly. That's not what happens. We come here and we say, maybe this God thing is big enough for me, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's not big enough, really, to bring me into relationship with you. I I'm just barely able to believe that this God might love me. I'm not sure I know how to trust this God to love me enough so that I can also love you. You see, because loving you can hurt. Loving you can be scary, scary stuff. I don't know how to feel what I might feel. And so maybe I just need to keep this stuff small. I need to chop it into little bits and keep me just sort of contained so that I can do what I think I need to do and still be a good person. The thing is that we keep forgetting we're not in Kansas anymore. 
the Holy Spirit has already been poured forth. Our hearts have already been anointed and restored. The very love that we are seeking is enough, so much more than enough, to withstand not only coming into relationship with God and being set free from the rules we think make us worthy. It is strong enough and total enough to bring us into relationship with strange and difficult and amazing people. And the visions that God gives us, yes, us, you, each of you, old and young, male and female, imprisoned or free, the visions that God gives us are always connected to the dreams of the ones that we have yet to meet. And so, here we are, people of God, on the yellow brick road together, in the crazy technicolor adventure of faith that is asking us to go forward and to consider how then shall we live this faith we think we believe? Is there place to sit down and break bread with the stranger whose dreams are part of our vision? And God poured forth spirit upon all people so that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Care for some oil? Mm -hmm.